everybody. Welcome or welcome back to the Stars Were Born podcast starring me, Marley Shepard. And me, Brenna Majette. We are so excited to have you all here. This is our season finale, episode 40. Episode 40. Which is like, these are long seasons. Four, but also like four zero. We've been doing this. 40 we've done this 40 times mm-hmm. there's over 40 hours of content of us just oh, talking way over <laughs> yeah. isn't that someone's gonna take this and if i ever want to run for mayor gonna what be like, would they say what would they say about you i don't know that i that i think beyonce's overrated and then i'll be canceled yeah it's true people can find any way to cancel you i know but Thank you all for joining us. Yeah, we're so happy to have you. So happy. Here we talk about the stars on the ground and the stars in the sky. So pop culture, astrology, mix. And we have such a special treat. This is a very special episode you're not going to want to miss. So stay tuned for our first professional guest. Professional. We are so Not a friend. Yeah. But she will be a friend. Yes. You know, everyone's our friend. Yeah. Um, It was so funny. One of our... One of our avid listeners texted me and asked if our professional astrologer was Ann Barrett's little sister. Wait, what? Why? <laughs> like, I think she thought we were kidding. Okay. And I was like, no. Like, we actually are having a professional astrologer on. Oh, my God. <laughs> but we're very excited. And we've got a couple of people who um, put questions in. So we're going to ask her. Yeah. There's one that's a little controversial that is from someone... I will not name, but I knew. <laughs> we all we know everyone who submitted questions. I know, but they don't. Yeah. So. Yeah. But. So, yeah, we're all very excited. So, let's do a little catch up, Brenna. How's your week been? You know, it has, I was, you know, I, I talked to you about this yesterday. It has been a whirlwind of just like, I know I always say that I'm busy, but I feel like now that wedding planning is in full effect, mm-hmm. Every free moment I have is emailing, meeting, or dealing with something in regards to the wedding. And, like, it's fine because Carson's really good at that stuff. But, like... But as the bride, like, they, they're always going to talk to the bride over the groom. Yeah, they always expect that. And I immediately CC Carson and I make him answer. Yeah. <laughs> it should it should be half and half. It, right? It's so sexist. It's awful. Also, well, I talked about this last time, but, like bridal parties and baby showers yeah i mean bridal showers it's only women and also baby showers though you can baby add showers. that into it yeah like that is like why why, why are the men, men doing baby showers why aren't men giving us gifts yeah it should be only men giving women gifts yeah men should be giving the gifts i think that now baby showers should not be our friends it should be the husband or partner's mm-hmm, friends mm-hmm, mm-hmm. giving the <laughs> giving the woman gifts. Yeah, I co-sign on that. Co-sign. Co-sign. Sign still delivered. Yeah. It's law now. <laughs> You're mayor. Vote, vote for me for governor. <laughs> the Virginia state law yeah, is now going to be changed. Um, but, you know, we're getting through. And it's I, like, I do like being busy, so it's fun. And I, mm-hmm. I am going to be so sad that we don't have the podcast for a month. I know. I know it's nice to have a break. A break and have like a Wednesday free. Yeah, but it is going to be like after I mean, the first Wednesday I'm going to be like 
I know. I'm going to like, I need to talk about this in the pod. Yeah. There's just certain little things that like are so nuanced about my musings of life that I'm like, I need to talk about this on the pod and I'm not going to be able to. But announcement, we do have a tickety talk. Yeah, we should keep that going. So maybe if I have a random musing on life, I'll just put it on the TikTok. I love that. And we're going to start doing like fun things on it. Yeah. Like we already did. We're, we're already TikTok viral. famous. Viral. We're already viral. We have over 100 likes. About, oh, oh, yeah. A thousand and about, views. Uh, 1,400 And it's views. growing by the second. By the second. Oh, my gosh. 1,500. Look at that. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> but, um, Marley. Yeah. I want to hear about your updates because I also want to talk about a story about your updates. Okay. Um, well, I am doing a lot of dog sitting. Yeah. Um... I'm really busy with that. It's super easy, like pretty much passive income. You just stay at people's houses and then I'm working from home there or like going to a coffee shop close. Um, But the other day, yeah, Brenna basically saved my, Brenna and Karsten. No, it was Karsten. Saved my life, literally. We didn't save your life because nothing happened. Okay, but but I I've never been. I'm genuinely, and you know this. You saw me. I've never been that scared in my life. So the story is, I'm dog sitting at this house I haven't been to before, and it's just like I don't know. I was just very unsettled because the door, like the key, wasn't working. So I had to leave the house and unlocked. And I'm like, oh my God, I was worried the whole time like someone came in and like maybe killed the dogs or something. I don't know. And like was upstairs about to kill me. And so I come back and it's dark. And when I left, it was light outside. And these lights are on. So like the porch light is on and then the kitchen light is on and it's fluorescent. And I am like anti-fluorescent. There's no reason I would ever put that on, especially when sunshine is out. And I'm like, I didn't put these on. And then I listen upstairs and I hear like things going on upstairs and it could be a human but there's also a cat up there but like it sounded like a more bigger body than a cat i think the cat was eating itself maybe um and i just started like literally freaking out and like looking through the kitchen like where is a knife and i couldn't find the knives because i was so panicked and i she snapchatted me this this is how marley reacts to things she immediately goes on her phone and snapchats that she's freaking out because she hears noises upstairs but because i didn't want to like let them know i'm talking about them if there's a human upstairs yeah so then i facetimed you yeah which like i guess doesn't make sense because if there was a human upstairs they would have heard you but i facetimed you and you're like no you were like And I was like, how are there no knives in the house? And There was no, like, cutting knives. There's one cutting knife. There's one found. huge knife. Yeah. But it was like, why is there only one knife? Weird. Right. And I was like, okay, this is actually kind of scary. And I was like, I if I was in this situation, I would want someone to come over. And Carson and I looked at each other, and we were like, we're going to go over there. So Carson and I brought some knives over and a flashlight. And we went upstairs. We went through everything. Marley was like um, at the bottom of the stairs being like, is everything okay? Is everything okay? I'm like, you have to check in every little crevice. And they yep, did. They did. did. They we looked did. under the bed. They they pulled back the curtains. They pulled up back the shower curtains. I everything. I opened every possible like little closet, closet cranny. Everything. Yeah. Anything. Um, and there was no one there. Mm-hmm. And all is well now. Yeah. But it was a scary situation. Yeah. And I have a key now. I know. So everything's okay. Oh, but, that's good. Um, 
yeah, that was uh, that was scary for a minute there, but everything's okay. Um, second on the agenda, I want to be endorsed by Salad Core. I love that. And the thing is, I literally can feel myself being annoying. You're not like, being annoying. No, no, no. I can literally feel myself like everyone's like, oh my gosh, literally shut up, Wait, girl. Wait, but uh, you, the person <laughs> who you're saying this the most to is me. Yeah. And I don't think you're being annoying. But like if I was in your position, I'd be like, okay, shut up. We get it. We get uh-huh. that I'm just core. a better person, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But like I did it once and I'm like, I will literally never be back. This is the worst and the hardest workout I've ever done. They're like, oh, it's Pilates. Like no big deal. Yeah. It is like... Pilates on crack, as they say, because it literally is. It's so hard. You're in this dark room, and like the music is blaring. It's kind of hot. And the instructor is yelling at you. Then actually, I'm gonna say all the instructors are really, really great. They they know your name. They're like, okay, what's your name? And they're like, Marley. Like, come on, you're doing great. That's beautiful. And then they're like, okay, push a little harder. Go little, go one one inch lower. Like all this. I'm like, oh my god, they know my name. Hey, did you have you fallen off yet? I haven't fallen off. Wait, I, it looks like it's kind of easy to fall off. No, because there's handles if you feel like you're like unbalanced. But okay. if you feel strong, you can like go no handles. No handles. Yeah. I can ride my, my bike, bike with no, no handlebars. handlebars. So I, the thing is, it's just like, it's just a weird mentality of like, I hate it so much as torture. And then I like have this compulsion to tell everyone about it and be like, I did this. But that's also like why I'm nervous to even try it out because Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm going to absolutely hate it but then like want to keep going. Yeah. It's so weird. But I talked on my hot girl walk. I think I'm going to do Gold's Gym. Okay. We can go together. Yeah. Yeah. Because also Catherine belongs there too. That's going to be beautiful. And so, yeah. Because I have you. I have her. And then I can like go and do some fun stuff. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'll do class pass as well. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. 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 So, this is going to be great. It's going to be great. Fitness girl summer. Fitness whole pizza in my mouth. <laughs> I love it. Girl summer. Um, Yeah, that's that's basically my updates. And so we have TikTok. And yes, this is our last episode for about a month or so. But we will still be doing, I will still be doing the radio show for each Zodiac sign. So Cancer is next. I'm starting to put together a little Cancer radio show that's nice and like, Sad Girl Summer Nostalgic Era. Very Lana Del Rey. Well, that's the thing I'm thinking. Like, I don't want to put just Lana Del Rey and Ariana Grande. Yeah. Who are two iconic cancer women. You have to put one of them on there. But I probably will. I think you should put Lana. Just like, no, I'll just do like one song of each. Yeah. That's very cancer-esque. Yeah. Um, But yeah, do we have anything else? That's it. I'm just really excited for astrology. Oh, and also, it's June, and we have forgotten to mention Happy Pride Month. Oh my gosh, Happy Pride Month, of Happy course. Happy Pride Month. I'm so sorry. How, how remiss of us to, know, to really, miss it. That was really bad. Yeah. But go out and, like, kiss the girls, kiss the boys, kiss the non-binaries. Go out there. Go go to a gay club. Find a, your local drag show. Support your local drag queens. Um, We love it. Love it. Yes. All right. We will see you guys for our guest, Sophia Adler. Adler. All right. See you then. Um, well, we are so excited to have you. We wanted to get started. Um, this 
we have Sophia Adler on. She is an astrologer and we just want to start out like, why don't you just introduce yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Hi, everyone. My name is Sophia. I am in fact an astrologer. Um, I support individuals via one-on-one sessions and I also do astrology consulting for businesses. I live in Santa Fe, New Mexico, but I am a born and bred New Yorker. I've lived here 11 and a half months when we're recording this, which is wild. And what I do ultimately is I demystify astrology so that my clients can co-create with the stars to build a life and business of their dreams. Because the reality is we are all connected and I view the cosmos and astrology as this unseen force, this unseen support system that is always around us just waiting in the wings for us to capitalize on what it has to teach us, how it serves us, how it can help us navigate the ups and downs of life. And let's face it, astrology oftentimes for a lot of people is really, really confusing or overwhelming. So I always get the feedback and kind of pride myself on being an astrologer that can really distill down the information in a way that makes it super easy to understand. I have a master's in psychology from teacher's college at Columbia university. And I'm also a certified meditation teacher. So I combine all the magic and all the things together through the birth chart. That is so cool. So my friend, Molly from college, yes, Molly Stein, she is who pretty much taught us about you. We had her on the podcast during Aries season and she has nonstop talked about her birth chart reading with you since she got it done. And I know Carolyn, you knew, you know, Carolyn, right? Yeah. Carolyn is a good friend of mine and is how I met Molly. I think Molly received a session from Carolyn and their brother for Christmas. Yeah. 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 And it was, I have to say, listen to the episode. And there was one point where Molly was like, you know, my sister's a cancer. She cries all the time in public and talks about it. And I burst out laughing and I texted Carolyn and was like, I've never heard a truer statement. And she was like, I know it's really, it was just very on point, especially for Molly as the opposite. Um, Cause I think that's something that's fun too about astrology is there's just, in my opinion, no better way to understand people. Like mm-hmm. the amount of fights that I no longer get into or disagreements or internal frustrations that I have with people Mm-hmm. Once I know their astrological makeup, cause I'm like, oh yeah, this is just like who you are. So I'm going to accept it and move on. Yeah. And like that right there, what you talked about with Carolyn and Molly, they're from the same mom and dad, but they have mm-hmm. such different ways that they react to things. So yeah. that has to be astrology, like astrology makeup. Like it's just, that's the only way that it makes sense. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a soul level differentiation versus yeah. the human of like, oh, we came from the same parents, you know, and we look alike. Exactly. I'm an only child. So sibling similarities always fascinate me. <laughs> Wait, I have a question about twins because everyone yeah. asks me about twins, like almost identical twins that are like a minute apart, like, mm-hmm. and they're completely different. Like how, how does astrology like explain that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So One, I've never met anybody that doesn't identify with their birth chart. And to that point, every single person brings their chart to life in their own unique way. So I actually have a very dear friend who is an identical twin and she and her sister were born about a minute or two apart and their charts are similar, slightly different. And yet the way that they bring the energies of their chart to life is 
wildly unique. Mm -hmm. So it's like, because that's the thing, right? Every single sign, even house, right? And aspects or the way that planets relate to one another, they're vast. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, it's astrology, especially, you know, mainstream astrology on social media, it's talked about in terms of keywords, which is helpful to say the least for the masses. And yet each archetype, each energy is so intricate that there are so many different ways that like a Sagittarius can come to life, that a Aries can come to life, right? It's like people joke, like, are you a March Aries? Are you an April Aries, right? There's different dynamics across the board. Um, So my response to that is every person is different. And like, for example, of these twins, they're both Pisces, obviously Mm -hmm. they're born basically the same time. And so one key characteristic of Pisces is being creative. Mm -hmm. One of the twins is a graphic designer and one of the twins is a tailor. So, right. So they're both creative and yet the way that they go about it is entirely different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. That's so interesting. Yeah. And it's just like what they're interested in and like how they go about in the world, but there's, they still have kind of like the same astrology makeup, but that can manifest in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that speaks to, so when I talk to my clients about sun signs, we're really just diving right in here. Um, (laughs) When I talk to my clients about sun signs, I always speak to the point that our sun sign isn't just our life force and our vitality and our self-expression. Now our sun is also who we are becoming. Mm -hmm. So when you think about your birth chart, generally speaking, you are continuing to evolve into and grow into your birth chart as you evolve as a person. So not only can two twins completely embody their charts differently, but you will relate to your chart differently as you move through your life. Because time passes, energy shifts and changes. Oh my gosh, that's Mm -hmm. so cool. (laughs) Wait, sorry. Can you like briefly, like high level explain progress charts? Is that how it like goes through? Oh, that's like, that is a high level question right there. Okay. Um, Which I love. I'm here for it. Yes, I think. So, okay. So the most common charts that we hear about in astrology is a birth chart, which is a picture of where all the planets were in the sky the moment that you were born. Mm -hmm. That chart never changes because at your moment of birth, the planets were where they were. Then we have what's called a transit chart. A transit chart is also a real picture of where all the planets are in the sky in present day. So if I'm looking at your transits for today, let's say I'm looking at how the planets in present day in the sky, how they're activating your own energy, your own birth chart. Progressions are ultimately a calculation. They're kind of made up. It is a like it's not a guess, right? But it's figurative. The planets move like a degree a minute or something wacky like that. And it ultimately is looking at how are your planets evolving on an energetic level as you move through your life. So the way that I explain it to people is that I'll use myself as an example. I am an Aries sun. Okay. So I am currently holding an Aries ice cream cone. I am currently a progressed Taurus sun. So I am an airy sun with Taurus sprinkles. So it's like a, it is a flavor on top of an element of your natal or your birth chart. And it speaks to, again, like, how are you progressing through your life? How are you growing and how you are evolving? But it can be tricky for people because it's not real. Mm -hmm. It is a, right. A progress chart it is a projection of where the planets would be. And it's more energetic and figurative than it is literal. Got it. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. I think so. Follow-up questions? Well, I, I want to go back and ask yeah, about you in general. Yeah. So how did you find astrology and how did you get so into it and make it into a full-time job? Yeah. So I always tell people, you know, I didn't find astrology. I don't think, I think astrology found me. There's this saying that when the student is ready, the teacher appears and the teacher for me was astrology. So as I shared, I have a master's degree in psychology in what feels like a past life, but not literally because people have been confused by that phrase for me before, um, in like this literal life, but what feels like a past life, I used to do marketing strategy for soul cycle. Mm-hmm. And before that I did event marketing. And after a really hard shift in my personal life, my parents got divorced. I ended up going back to grad school. That was, you know, understanding the mind, understanding psychology. That's what I thought my calling was. Mm-hmm. And it was, that was the first iteration. That was the first step. And for so long, I always had this niggle in my brain, this whisper, you know, there's gotta be more than this. There's got to be more to life than this. Mm-hmm. And so I went to graduate school and I finished my degree and I thought that that was going to be the answer. And I still heard the whisper. Mm-hmm. I still felt it. And I remember um, a healer that I have in New York, she was looking at me one day, we were talking, she was like, you just need to go do something fun. Like, just go freaking enjoy yourself. It doesn't matter about your business. It doesn't matter about like work, like just go have a good time. And I decided to take an astrology class on like on a whim and kind of with a ping, it was like a ping. I was like, okay, like this looks fun. I'm going to do it. It was kind of a snap decision that I didn't think through very fully. And I never intended to be an astrologer ever. It was a choice that I made. It was like, I was doing something for me without an end in sight, right? Like we often do things as a means to an end. And I was like, no, I'm just like doing this to enjoy it. And then I fell in love with it. And then I discovered I was really good at it. And then my astrology practice just just took off and the rest is kind of history. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah. So, you know, for me, what I realized by studying astrology is that the reason that I still felt unfulfilled when I finished my master's in psychology is because I think that studying the self requires us to study all of the self. And as I see it, the self is two parts. It's the human and the soul. So my psychology background covers the human and the mind. Astrology speaks to the spirit and the soul. And once I had astrology, once I understood people and archetypes in that way and blended them together, that was finally what I was looking for. And, you know, in hindsight, looking back, I had corporate conditioning from having a nine to five job. I grew up in New York City. I went to a private school. Then I went to college. I had internships. Like there was a way of living in an expectation that was like woven into the fabric of my being. And what I didn't realize when I went back to graduate school is that even though I left the building of my corporate job, I took my conditioning with me. Mm -hmm. And so arriving at astrology was finally when I remembered. And I mean that dualistically, like I both remembered who I am and what I'm about and what I'm passionate about. And then I also re-space membered, like re-put together how I work. So becoming an astrologer was really serendipitous. I never expected it to happen. I am definitely like, I don't want to say the black sheep, but like, I'm the astrologer of the group. Like most of my friends are like, 
lawyers and consultants and they work in tech, you know, and like my dad's a doctor and my mom worked in advertising. And then I walk in and I'm like, yeah, I'm an astrologer. Um, Does everybody say like, look at my birth chart to you? Yeah, pretty much. Or they're like, or they're like, what the F is happening with the moon? Which is a, it's just a fair valid question. Um, and I remember once I had a family member that was like, oh, an astrologer, like read my palm and like put his hand. And I was like, "Mm, okay, that's not the same thing, but that's fine. It's not the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's wonderful to hear that you have so many like friends and family that are in all different walks of life and you're still an astrologer it just speaks to like because I see so many people on Instagram and everything they're like they're just in their own little bubble of healers and astrologers and everything and it's just beautiful to see that like you know you you still have all these friends and family that are in their own lives and like kind of blending the two together yeah 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 for sure I also love how you said that, like, that was something that you just did for yourself with no end goal in mind. Like so many times, like, I feel, I feel as though everyone who's growing up, they have stuff that they like their parents are like, you need an education. You need to go do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. And then you need to get, get, get into the corporate world. And like you, this was the first thing that you did for yourself. And now it's like, your full-time job. And that is so cool to me that that's what you you. decided to do. I mean, honestly, I think about it a lot. Like if you had asked the 18 or even like the 22 year old version of me, I'm like, Oh, like, what do you think Sophia's doing in X amount of years? If I had said to her like, Oh yeah, she's an astrologer. I think younger me would have been like, what, like (laughs) what is happening? Like I never, ever could have predicted my trajectory and even living in Santa Fe, New Mexico, like my life is wildly different than it was even just two years ago. And it's because I just continued to surrender over and over and over again, not without resistance and frustration and tears. I'm human like everyone else, but continue- You're also in <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, I continue to surrender to what my chart suggested for me and kind of I followed that whisper and I believe that that whisper comes from our soul. And I believe that our souls choose our moment of birth, which is why a birth chart is so potent and magical because it's literally your soul's contract for this life. It's like, why did you choose to come back here? What are you here for? That's what the chart is about. That's so cool. <laughs> that is really cool. I think about that a lot. Yeah. You have a whisper. I have a whisper. Yeah. You have the whisper that you What's for your whisper? So Marley kind of had the same thing with her where she went to dietetic school. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah, I was going to be a dietitian. I still, I still am a dietitian. I got my RD. Um, and thank you. Um, and then you kind of talked about pings and I don't know if you know anything about Lacey Phillips and her work. Um, but yeah, I, cause pings is such a word with her, but yeah. And it's like following the pings of like, I like one of my coworkers was talking to me about UX designing and like, I've always been like, I've always wanted to be creative and I've never been able to. Um, and I was like, okay, this seems cool. I did a little bit of research and then I just dove in and like took a boot camp, and now I'm freelancing doing that. So I'm really enjoying it. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think I can speak personally to an experience in life that was very much not in a malicious way, but very much carved out for me. Mm-hmm. And it's scary to walk a different path and to walk an authentic path. And also, you know, not only for yourself, 
I'll speak for myself of like, can I do this? But then also I was really nervous when I pivoted and became an astrologer, like, what was my family going to say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like the judgment, I feel. Yeah, the judgment. And mm-hmm. I have to say for anybody listening that is thinking about pivoting or just trying something to try something. I like the joke was on me when I came out as an astrologer because my family and my friends were so supportive and still to this day are so supportive, which definitely speaks to the quality of people I have in my life. But what I learned from that experience is that when you are aligned with what you're meant to do Mm -hmm. and people see that energy radiating off of you, they are behind you 100%. -hmm. And so it was really like, I was like, oh, cool. So I was so nervous about like telling my parents and telling my friends and everybody is my biggest cheerleader and I'm watching this take off. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I don't think that people care what you do because when they see you thriving and they see you doing exactly what you're meant to do, they're like, oh, that's amazing. And it just inspires them to go do the same. Mm -hmm. Like everybody wants the freedom to be themselves. That's why astrology is so popular. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's very true. Um, I wanted to ask a question about, since you were saying that you have a lot of friends who are in all different places, corporate, doctor, lawyer, all that. Um, Do you see what a lot of people get wrong about astrology? Like what is something that you notice that non-astrologers get wrong? Um, I think it's the oversimplification of it that, you know, you're like, oh, I'm an Aries. And so I'm a fighter. And like, that's it. Right. And that's why I love studying a birth chart with somebody and kind of sitting in space is sitting in a container with them and holding space because yes, your birth chart is incredibly complex because you are complex. So I think the oversimplification and another thing that I think people get quote unquote wrong about astrology, though, I don't think individuals are to blame is that I think so much of the astrology like landscape is laced with fear. Like people are taught to fear the planets, fear their Saturn return, fear the stars. And you have nothing to be afraid of. Mm -hmm. Like you are meant to grow and expand and evolve. Like I will say that the planets don't give a damn about your human. They care about your soul. So they will push you and they will challenge you to become the person you're meant to be. Whereas our human wants things to stay the same and to feel safe and to feel comfortable. Um, but yeah, like people thinking that they have to be scared, like the amount of people that say like, oh my God, I'm having my Saturn return. What am I going to do? And I'm just like, this is not something to panic about at all. <laughs> um, but I think those are kind of the main two things. And then of course, there's always people that think astrology is astronomy. Mm-hmm. And while they're like cousins, you know, they're related. Astronomy is a science. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And astrology. I mean, I consider astrology to be like an ancient wisdom and ancient science as well. But mm-hmm. has an ology, ology at the end. Has ology at the end. <laughs> right, right. It's like one quick switch of a letter. Right. <laughs> um. Also, so we talk a lot about since we aren't like actual astrologers, we just like to have fun with it. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about the sun, moon, and rising being like the main three things in a birth chart. Um, but what other placement do you think is something that people should think is really important and maybe they overlook in their birth chart? Good question. So sun, moon, and rising is a great place to start. I consider those three to be your character, Mm -hmm. according to your chart. 
Um, especially if you're interested in relationships, looking at your Venus and your Mars, mm -hmm. Venus being relativity, like what is it that you value within yourself? And then what are you attracted to in other people? Venus is what brings us pleasure, what we desire, our money, relationships. It's typically, you know, the feminine energy. And I don't mean that gender wise, I mean it energetically. And Mars is how we take action, the way that we do things, what we're willing to fight for, expenditure of energy, the way that we typically show love. Um, so those two are really huge for one, just understanding the way that you do things. And then also kind of, again, in relationship, platonic or romantic or otherwise, you know, what do you value in people? Who are you drawn to? What type of love, like how do you receive love or want to receive love? Similarly, how do you give love? Also Mercury in your mind, the way you think, the way that you communicate, the way you speak, the way that you learn. When you know what sign your Mercury is in, you can typically identify what you probably freak out about all the time. Mm -hmm. And yep. so then yeah. you can- You choose a Pisces Mercury. <laughs> You're a Pisces Mercury? Yeah, so I'm an Aries sun, but I'm a Pisces Mercury. So I'm very people pleasing. And I always am worried what people are thinking about me like constantly. I'm curious. Okay. Now I'm like, please send me your chart info after this so I can look. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I think what can be, I don't want to necessarily say challenging, but like for a Mercury and Pisces, Mercury and Pisces thinks in pictures, very intuitive, very creative, very roundabout, not linear. Um, and again, in a world where it's like, be smart, get this, you know, that smart is like your book smart and you're like very linear that's not what a Mercury in Pisces is all about. Mm -mm. Yeah. You can get kind of lost in the clouds, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could yeah. see that. <laughs> so I have a quick question about like your relationship to your chart. When was the mm -hmm. first time you kind of read it and understand it, understood it and like, like just like your reaction and like how you came to like understand yourself better through knowing your chart? Yeah. Um, it was a bunch of years ago. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on the show. You can bleep it out, but yeah. I remember, okay, great. I remember that I was studying my chart and I was like, Oh shit, this is me. Yeah. <laughs> like I equally was obsessed and like shook all at the same time. Like, mm -hmm. like just like, in shock that something my was whole self. Yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, and this is what I hear from my clients all the time when I learned about my chart, what I thought to myself was, I make sense. Mm -hmm. This makes sense. The way I feel makes sense. The way that I think makes sense. The things that I'm passionate about make sense. And so it, it sparked in me this desire to continue to learn, like, who am I? What makes me tick? How do I work? Why is this happening to me? Mm -hmm. You know, astrology for me has always made myself and everything made make sense. And what I love about that is that it has helped me be so much more compassionate towards myself. So I, I have a second house stellium in my chart. The second house is about safety and stability and security. And I have gotten, I don't necessarily say if I would say better, but I've gotten much more flexible, but like, I like control. I like routines. I like to know when things are happening. I'm not very spontaneous. You know, I'm not somebody that flies off the cuff. And I used to feel so much shame about that because I had so much messaging from family, friends and friends being like, oh, Sophia, like live a little, like go do this, go do that. Yeah. And I always was embarrassed that I didn't want to do that. And then when I started to study my chart, I was like, oh, no wonder, like that makes sense. And so I felt 
both empowered and calm, but also then more forgiving of noting. Like I will even say it to myself all the time. I'll be like, okay, Sophia, I know that you don't want to go do this thing because it goes against your, like your nature and what you like, but just go try it. Yeah. It's easier to do things that are out of your comfort zone when you don't feel guilty about not wanting to do them. You're like, okay, I'm going to do this once. It's an experience. And I don't have to become a different person. I don't have to be the person that they want me to be. And like, I can live a little. Yeah. And if you, now you can just be like my birth chart. It's, I am living a little, but my birth chart says, I don't need to do that. Like totally, kind of an out, you could be like, I can't do that. Sorry. It's my birth chart. 100%. I will tell you, I mean, this is, this is a little bit different, but so everybody has a chart ruler Mm -hmm. in their chart. It's the planet that rules your rising sign. And my chart ruler is Saturn, which suggests a lot of things, but I am more of like a serious person. Like I love astrologers that rock the meme game. And mm-hmm. I feel like you guys even have great astrology memes. And like, oh, I yeah. love them. Well. <laughs> yeah, I love them. I appreciate them. It is not my sweet spot. It is not yeah. my zone of genius. And especially mm-hmm. in the world of social media and comparing and despairing, you know, an old version of me, if I didn't have the knowledge of my own chart and what makes me tick and how I shine, I probably would have beat myself up for like not being able to incorporate that into my work and into my brand. But instead, I just don't even waste my time because I'm like, if somebody wants an astrologer that shares amazing memes, that's just not me. But please share them with me because I love them and I will share them around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I get that. It's like, why? I, that's my like go to thing. If like, you know, I said this, I've said this so many times. If you know, something is like your weakness or not your strong suit, just own that Mm -hmm. and be like, just, I'm not the person for that. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like to refer to astrology as the original ancient strengths finder. If either of you have ever done that or anybody listening has ever done like that test. You're pitching. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's this idea, right. Of like, so we are all energy. And that's not astrology. That's friggin' quantum physics. Like that's, that's just science that we are all made up of energy. And that means that energy is always moving and changing. And because we are energy, as I see it, why not work with your own innate energy? Why not lean into your chart? Why not stop wasting time trying to be somebody that you're not or go against the innate nature. It's like when you try and swim upstream or I never remember which way it is, but like when you fly from New York to California or California to New York and you're going against the tailwinds and the flight Mm -hmm. is longer, like astrology helps you see what works and then you don't even have to waste your time on what doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you can, and you go ahead. (laughs) No, I was just going to say like, you can go with the flow. Yeah. Yeah. I've used it like even you can think about it in like job interviews when they say like strengths and weaknesses, you don't have to be like, Oh, I'm a Gemini moon. So da, da, da. but like, you can kind of like under, if you understand like your chart a little bit better, you can lean into that and say like, these are my strengths that I have because I know my birth chart and I know myself and these are my weaknesses. <laughs> and I've, I've really leaned into that. Like I, I'm a Sag sun, Gemini moon. Like I love being creative. I love like doing different things every day. And I've been like, I don't, I, I need something that's not the same thing every single day. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. it's really beautiful to just learn about yourself. <laughs> yeah, totally. And like, also let's call a spade a spade. 
astrology is also a really fun party trick. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Everyone's always like, all right, read my rich chart. Oh yeah. Brenna, <laughs> Brenna, like they even come up to Brenna now. And, and I, <laughs> I am not someone that should be reading anyone's birth chart. She's gotten a lot better though. <laughs> I've gotten better, <laughs> but it's fun. You know, yeah. so I think like if we would be remiss to not be talking about like the real value behind astrology and behind working with and co-creating with the stars. If we didn't also say that, like, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what's nice, right? Like I personally am like, I don't need another Myers-Briggs ever in my mm-hmm. life, ever. Yeah. No. I've had to take it so many times Yeah, I've, and I'm I always like, the same. I, I don't need to take it any more times. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But yeah, no, it is a really fun party yeah. trick because so many people are just in awe about it and don't, it's just this like right. and other they, thing that they've never learned about or anything. Cause they don't teach it in school. Mm-hmm. So if you have to like, look for it. Yeah. They only places. know they're like, I think I'm a Taurus. I don't know. And you're like, okay. Like, yeah. There's a whole new world out there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, it's informative and a damn good time. What else do you need? Well, I had a quick question. Okay. So my cousin said there's something happening in the sky. There's a planetary alignment happening in the sky this June. Do you know? I love your cousin. So that would be a case where I would say that's more astronomically relevant than astrologically relevant. In my opinion, super cool. What I would note is that from the 13th, so we're filming this or we're recording this on the 15th, Mm -hmm. two days ago, Monday, Mercury moved into Gemini. So Mercury is now at home and that makes four planets that are all in their home signs. Cool. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. That's like astrologically, energetically what I would focus on more. And when I say that a planet is at home, I want you to think about how you feel when you're at home. You feel easy, you feel comfortable, you're in flow, you're supported, you have all your stuff, right? It's like, you don't need to go searching for anything. That's what it means when a planet is in its home sign. So um, Mercury is in Gemini, Mars is in Aries, Venus is in Taurus, and Saturn is in Aquarius. And then it's about a two week window that these four planets will be in the same, in their home signs. And what this means for us is that it's easier to be productive. It's Mm -hmm. easier for things to kind of go with the flow. There's less resistance. There's more resources. It also just speaks to the fact that these planets are just happier, Mm -hmm. right? And so the energies of the planets, as they influence our own energy, there's there's less like kerfuffle Mm -hmm. happening in the sky. Can't remember the last time I used that word, but here we (laughs) are. Um, So I've been asked a few times now about that. Super cool. That, at least in my opinion as an astrologer, is more astronomy based. And I am more jazzed about the fact that we have these four planets in their home signs that are energetically supported. I love it. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. Is it happening right now? It is the 13th that started. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Weeks. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. That's so exciting. I need to get more productive then. Yeah. Let's go. Oh, a lot more. We wanted to, I know you kind of mentioned Saturn return in the beginning of the episode. We are <laughs> approaching our Saturn return. We have Saturn and Pisces. Um, what, how should we prepare for this? What should we expect? Any, any and all advice is welcome. Yes. On a scale of one to 10, one being NBD, 10 being SOS. How are the two of you feeling about your Saturn returns? I have a lot of changes, but so have you. Yeah. I always have changes happening in my life. So I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be more changes, more bumpy. Like I really don't know how it's going to be. So 
Okay. Let's break this down. And like, I'm going to say this for the people in the back. You do not need to be afraid of your Saturn return. Yeah. You, said full yeah. you yeah. said that at the beginning. You said, don't freak out. Yeah. yeah don't freak out. NBD. Um, honestly, like my Saturn return, I quit my job and went back to grad school. So mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. So here's the thing about Saturn. Saturn is the planet of reincarnation. Saturn is the planet that holds you accountable to what your soul chose in this life. So Mm -hmm. if you aren't in alignment with your soul chosen path, if you have veered off track, your Saturn return is going to be the knock at the door. That's like, yoo-hoo, what you doing? This isn't working for you. This is wrong. Mm -hmm. And to that point, Saturn is a planet that represents quality over quantity, structures, foundations, what are you building? So that's the reason that during a Saturn return, which by the way, is when Saturn in present day in the sky returns to the exact place it was in the sky when you were born. It's a coming of age. It is an opportunity for you to, it's like a redirection. That's why Saturn returns typically bring about so much change because you might be on the wrong path or I don't want to, maybe wrong path isn't the right word, but it's like, you know, in, in many ways, also I view Saturn return as like a coming of age. And it's like in the Jewish religion, you have a bar about mitzvah and that's like, you're, you know, you're now a woman or a man or whatever gender somebody wants in the Jewish faith. And in astrology, when you have your Saturn return, you're kind of entering out of that phase of childhood and into adulthood. It's like, what do you want? What are you creating? So for some people, on their Saturn returns, they move. Some people get married. Some people end relationships. Some people get new jobs. Some people go back to graduate school like I did. Some people don't notice their Saturn return at all. There's also something called Saturn squares and Saturn oppositions, which come later. Um, although everybody has already had a Saturn square by the time that you've that you make your way to a Saturn return. Mm-hmm. I know people that don't feel their Saturn returns and are super affected by their Saturn squares. I know vice versa. I think that it's really a question of how authentic you are being and how in alignment with your life you are. And I am a big believer that everything's happening for us, not to us, even if it's difficult. So I kind of look at a Saturn return as like something fun, Mm -hmm. right? Like it can, Saturn brings about clarity and truth, but the way that Saturn does that is by typically causing some sort of contraction. Because when we're contracted, it forces us to say no. It forces us to set boundaries, right? It forces us to be like, nope, this doesn't work for me. Yep, this works for me. Saturn returns thus typically bring up the things that like we've known we need to look at for a while, Mm -hmm. but haven't been and help us see real, sometimes hard truths so that we can pivot to be on the right path and the right direction. So your return, Saturn return is in Pisces. So that could speak to, you know, creative outlets, connection to spirit, connecting to your emotions, kind of connecting to honestly, like the oneness between all beings and a greater connection versus kind of seeing ourselves as distinct, separate human-based, like ego identity people, right? That are against one another. It also depends on what house your Saturn is in. I would say that that's even more significant for you because that's specific to your own birth chart. Um, But ultimately, it's really an invitation to push back against the way that your life has been going so that you can rebuild your life in a way that it's meant to move. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. I feel like you're the mirror to my soul. <laughs> I often have my clients be like, get out of my head. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm excited now. I know. It's exciting. To it. um, my Saturn is in my ninth house, which is like travel and education. And learning. Learning. Mm-hmm. So I could see, yeah, you might go back to school. Who knows? Yeah. I don't might know. teach. I don't know, girl. I can't tell you. I've I wish you knew mine one. by heart. <laughs> I will. Yes. Yeah. And that should note for people who are listening. Um, the houses are determined by your exact minute of birth. Mm-hmm. So that's why astrologers always ask you for your exact birth time. Um, we're not trying to be hard asses. We actually need and want to know our sun sign is based on the month. Our moon is based on the day. And then our rising sign and the houses are based on the exact minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should, you should be excited for your sudden return. And also if it feels hard, you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. You're not making a mistake. And also energy is meant to move. Even when you're in your sudden return, perhaps even at like the peak of it, the most acute moment of it you might not feel it. Energy ebbs and flows going back to kind of what you should expect. So, I mean, I think it's significant when Saturn crosses into Pisces, if your Saturn is in Pisces for your Saturn return. And yet it's most significant when Saturn in present day is at the exact degree that your natal Saturn is. So like if your Saturn is at 29 degrees of Pisces and Saturn's at one degree of Pisces, you're not really in your Saturn return yet. Mm right? Like you're starting to get those themes, but until Saturn reaches like a three degree orb. So if we're using the example of 29 degrees Pisces, so 26 Pisces to two Aries, right? Like that I would say is your most acute, like you are in it to win it in your Saturn return, but you can start looking at it when it enters the sign of Pisces. So how long does that peak usually last? It depends. Because it depends on when Saturn's going retrograde. It depends. Like, for example, Saturn last year was on my ascendant for a year Mm -hmm. and a half because of how Saturn was going retrograde. Mm -hmm. And I all the time do readings for people who have Saturn on their ascendant for like a month. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. And I'm like, you (laughs) jerks. I had it for over a year, right? It's not fair. So so it honestly, it totally depends. Okay. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel better about it. Like, it's just- I feel great. You do? Yeah. Look at like, that enthusiasm. Because if I have any changes in my life or feeling of like unrest, I know it's because of that. Yeah. Like, I mean, your betterment. It's all think about yeah. giving birth. You have contractions so that you get a baby. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's not, it's not unlike the contractions we experience in our life at the hands of the cosmos. As I said earlier, the cosmos don't care about our comfort. They care about our growth and our evolution. So during your Saturn return, keep asking yourself, okay, who am I becoming? What is the life am I, that I'm building? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Even if in the moment you don't want change, you want change, I promise. Right. Mm-hmm. You want change. Yeah. And just don't resist it. Like don't ignore the truths that Saturn yeah. brings up because the planets are going to bring about that change whether you like it or not. And so you might as well be like, okay, I'm ready. I'm here for it versus trying to fight it. Yeah, that's. I, need I feel to like I've been it. going through a Saturn return my entire twenties, so I don't yeah. even know. <laughs> well, we would have to look at your transits. I'm sure there's something. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Do you want to get into listener questions? Yeah, we have three. Um. All right. So here's one. Um. How to succeed in relationships with atypical astrology math matches. So communicate. Yeah. Communicate. 
communicate. Right. But the right that that is like a that was like the third thing I was going to say to your question earlier about what people quote unquote get wrong with astrology and like the fear mongering. As far as I'm concerned, a successful relationship is rooted in communication and understanding. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if your person has like the quote unquote wrong sign for you. If they're willing to listen to you, if they're willing to communicate and do the work, if they are willing to be open and learn more about you by understanding your own astrological makeup and vice versa, nothing else matters. And also I would get a synastry chart done, which I offer. And that is basically looking at the relationship between two different people. Again, getting hyper-specific. Yeah. Take astrology on the internet with a grain of salt because it's generalized for mass consumption. Oh yeah. And, and I like to, I say this a lot because, you know, in, you know, a war magazine or Cosmo, if I look at my sun sign versus my fiance's sun sign, we should not be together. We just shouldn't. Yeah. She always is like Capricorn Aries. We're never going to work. We're never going to work. <laughs> never going to work. But, um, the thing is that I would take our birth charts as kind of like a love language test because you see, the love language or the makeup of what, how my fiance is. And I see that and I'm like, okay, this is what means the most to you with your chart. And that's how I'm going to come into the, like, like that's how I'm going to communicate with you and vice versa. Like he, he's also a Scorpio moon, which is like (laughs) yeesh. And so he's a good word for it. Yeah. (laughs) And, and I like, emotions aren't really my thing. Like I like to talk about other people's emotions, but I'm not good at opening up. So what's your moon in? I'm a Sag moon. Okay. Yeah. You just want to go have a good time. You're like, I don't want to sit in the muck with you. I just want to go explore. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's something like we have to kind of balance, but I think it's a good thing to know each other's birth charts because you can, you can be with anyone. Yeah but you need to be able to communicate and understand where they're coming. From. Right. Right. Like, listen, sometimes the generalized compatibility that you read about on the internet is spot on, but yeah. sometimes it's not. Yeah. Um, and to the point of, you know, reading that Capricorn and Aries don't mesh, it's because ca- in very professional terms, the way that I would understand Capricorn and Aries coming together is same, same, but different. Yeah. So there's something in astrology called modes modes of operating and Capricorn and Aries are both cardinal signs. They're both leaders. They're both initiators. They both like to start things, but the way in which they go about them is very different. So with Capricorn and Aries, if you can remember that you both have the same in like the way in which you're going about what you want or what you want to build or create is different. But at the end of the day that your intentions are the same, and the end goal is the same, that will also help, which it sounds like you guys are already kind of doing Yeah. being like, okay, I understand kind of how you tick, but yeah. that's why Aries and Capricorn. Cause it's like Capricorn is responsible and like structure and discipline and wants to build something and take their time and go slowly. And Aries like, you're so slow. You're so serious. You're so conservative. Like it's about me like enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's literally every time we make dinner together, it's like, yeah, just freaking throw it in the pot. And it's like, no, no, we have He's like, we have to go one by one recipe. And one I'm like, recipe. it's all going in the same thing. <laughs> We're good. Like, let's do it. Like the end goal is the same. It's a delicious meal, but like the way that we get to it is, you know, completely yeah. different. <laughs> yeah. Cooking by sun sign. 
<laughs> <That's> serious. <laughs> oh, that's good. That could be a cookbook. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> What's the next question? Oh, okay. So explain how the moon impacts our moods throughout the month. Mm, great question. So the moon is our inner world. It represents what we need, what nourishes us, the way that we feel. The sun rises during the day, right? It radiates, it shines light on things. It helps us see things clearly. The moon rises at night. The moon shines a light on what is underneath the surface. Every planet in astrology is associated with a part of the body. The moon rules the belly and the breasts. So if we think about the female body or any body, generally speaking, right? We feed ourselves through our bellies and those who have breasts that can produce milk, right? Then have babies. That is a way, one way that we feed our children, which speaks to the perfect concrete example of why the moon represents what nourishes us and mm -hmm. what feeds us and what makes us feel safe, mm -hmm. right? And, and can also what makes us feel stable, like nobody wants to be hangry. So the moon then, the way that she moves through the sky influences our internal world, mm -hmm. right? When the light of the moon shifts, our own inner dynamic shift. The moon moves through a different zodiac sign about every two and a half days, and so that speaks to kind of a collective energy. Um, I personally find that when moon is in Pisces, those are days where I have a higher chance of being sad or low or sensitive. It's a water sign. Moon is in Aries. You might be more sassy that day or independent or willing to take risks or angry, right? So we understand on that level what sign the moon is in. That then helps us understand like, is somebody on one? Like, you know, like what's happening? Um, and then in terms of the moon phases, the amount of light that the moon has influences the amount of resources that we have and the energy. So when a new moon, the sky is dark, it's a time that we want to go inwards and be more introverted. It is a new beginning. Then the moon takes two weeks to gain light moving towards a full moon. A full moon is like the blooming of a flower it's peak expression when the reason that full moons are known as more emotional times yesterday, we had a full moon in Sagittarius. Right. Somebody was messaging me today being like, is getting triggered to be super emotional, like a side effect. And I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> Think about it because the moon, it's the brightest that the night sky ever is. Mm -hmm. The most light is shining on our internal world. And so emotions are at an all time high. Not to mention that the moon rules the fluids in our body. And then literally the gravitational pull of the moon has an impact on the tides, the water on earth. So of course you cry more mm -hmm. on a moon, right? Like on a full moon rather. And then after a full moon, going back to what I was saying before, we then enter a two week period that the moon is losing light, mm -hmm. making its way back to a new beginning. So what I love the most about the moon is that the moon is dedicated to change, but she takes her time. Love that. She doesn't rush, right? The moon has 28, 29 days in a cycle. She's always changing. She mm -hmm. always knows that there is a time, a cycle, a season for growing in light, growing in expansion, you know, sharing more, putting ourselves out there. And then there's also a cycle for turning inwards and going within. She knows that every month there is a new beginning and yet there's no rushing. She takes her time. So that to me is like bare bones, how to work with the moon is to remember 
that you too have cycles and seasons and phases. Yeah. Yeah. And to get kind of, kind of woo woo, like I, I'm thinking about the female body and like my period and I, I yeah. like, is there, is there kind of like a, a, I know there's obviously a correlation, but like if you're ovulating on the full moon or like having your period, mm-hmm. does that mean something at all? Like it might not. Um, I, I don't know if like mean something is necessarily the right way to phrase it. Mm-hmm. Women's cycles do sync up with the moon. Yeah. Because the moon also represents the mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I have heard different things from different people who are like specialists in ovulation and the f- women's cycle and so forth that, you know, bleeding on the new moon, it's that you are also starting like that fertile void, right? Oh. Um And then some people say, oh, I bleed on the full moon. I think the cool part more about bleeding in association with the moon is that it reminds you, it helps you see that we are all really intricately connected. Yeah. And that we're not separate after all. Well, I mean, like, that's kind of the whole saying of like, when you live with women, if you're roommates with women, you all think like I lived on an all girls floor, my freshman year of college. And I'm pretty sure that like 90% of us by the end of the year had the same cycle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's crazy. It's it's a rhythm. Yeah. It's just beautiful that like, I've really like come into myself through my twenties. I'm like, I like, I've realized women are moons. They're like literal moons. And the moon rules the body, by the way, as well. So it's fitting. Yeah. In that way too. Do you want to get the last question? Uh, Okay. So I saw something on TikTok today about, I've I've heard (laughs) about, um, where is this going? Take it with a (laughs) grain. But I've heard a lot about the United States Pluto return and that like peaked in February, but is it peaking again? Like, can you shine some light on that at all? Um, So honestly, I am not familiar off the top of my head with where Pluto is in the USA birth chart, which (laughs) sidebar, you can have a birth chart for anything, not just people. You can also have birth charts for businesses, for countries, as long as you have a date and a time and a location for the start of something. Like, have you guys ever pulled the birth chart for this podcast? We're a Leo. We're a Leo. But I don't, I don't know what. How perfect is that? Yeah. I know it was like the perfect time to start it. We actually talked about it. I think yeah, we did. We're like, it's first... time to start creative things <laughs> like <and> play. <laughs> yeah. And you guys could, I mean, that's when we get like a little flexible, right? It's like, you could decide, you could choose like the day that you recorded or the day that it pushed live is like when you pull the chart for your podcast, but yeah. I digress. Um, but basically the U S is in its Pluto return, which means that Pluto in the sky in present day is back where it was when the United States was founded and Pluto is the God of the underworld. Pluto brings about death of some kind, not death of life, but death in life. It is a transformation. It is, you know, Pluto is as much about power and control as it is about transformation. So basically what Pluto does is it asks us to really like dig deep into the depths and the dredges and the mud, and it brings what's subconscious to the surface. So that's what's happening in the U.S. right now is that we're seeing a lot of really ugly, yucky things, mm-hmm. right, to say the least, because we are being asked to look at the reality of what's, you know, what are the cobwebs that are hanging? What do we not see so that they can be transformed mm-hmm. so that we can rise to power in a healthy 
constructive way. And evolve to be exactly, better. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And evolve to be better. So, um, yeah, like Pluto is a modern ruler of Scorpio. Scorpio is associated with the Phoenix, with the snake, snakes molt, Phoenix rise from the ashes, right? So it is very much a new beginning of this Pluto return. And yet it's kind of a destruction mm-hmm. as a way to do it. Yeah. Every end it's has like a new that, beginning. That Indian or Hindu god of destruction is like- Yeah, a- Kali, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. I love that. Well, yeah, I mean, this has been, yeah. oh my gosh. This has been so fun. I, I can talk to you guys all day. We, um, we should do another one with you. I know, we should. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely. So wonderful. And like, I feel like we have so, so much more to discuss. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it was so lovely to meet you both. Of course. Uh, like officially over Zoom, you know, yeah. the whole thing. It was so fun to be on the show. And I will talk to you guys soon. Um, yeah, well, well, let us um, let our listeners know where they can find you and what you offer. Yeah, and everything. give, yes. give us a like plug. Yes, yes, yes. The juice. So <laughs> the best way to keep in touch is to follow me on Instagram, Sophia Adler underscore. I spell my name with an F, not a PH, pro tip. Um, <laughs> and DM me, say hi. I am an Aquarius moon and Aquarius rising. So community connection is very important to me. I am launching a monthly membership called Cosmic Circle. I'm opening the doors in a few weeks. So I don't know when this is going to go live. By the time that this goes live, the doors, oh, amazing. Doors are open. Um, They'll be opening at the end of the month. So you can sign up for the wait list um, via my link in bio. And I can share the link with you guys as well. And that is going to be a space for weekly astro content that isn't shared anywhere else. And it is meant to be fun and easy and a place that people can just receive, receive the astrology content. You're not hearing anywhere else feel empowered, no fear mongering. Um, and I just can't wait. So that I would say that's the best one-on-one sessions. Of course, you can get all that info via Instagram and join my membership. I would love to have you guys. Oh my gosh. Like a we would love to... community. I know. I That's it. awesome. Thank yeah, you so much jazzed. for your time. You're so welcome. And I loved every minute of it. It was so fun. And we definitely have to do another one soon. Yes, yes we will. Sure. All okay. Right. Have a good night, you guys. Bye. Bye for us. I will. <laughs> Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> beautiful thank you Sophia we are just gobsmacked about how amazing you are and such nuggets of wisdom and we're so excited to have her back I'm so already thinking of more questions I'm so excited there's so much more we could dive into uh all right so we're still here for pop culture a little little update it shouldn't take too long I know this episode is going to be long but if you're still alone for the ride we are here for the updates yes we are all right so first off First up on the dock, BTS. Going on a hiatus. Hiatus, quote unquote. What do you think, Marley? Um, I think, I don't think they're getting back together. You don't think they're going to ever get back together? Hiat- 1D said that they are on a hiatus. Oh, is that how they started? Yes, they literally never fully announced their breakup. They said we're going on a hiatus and then never got back together. But, but One Direction also lost a member before that happened 
So like BTS were all they're all they still had, together. They still had Liam, which is like not really we yeah. We all know his We'll team. get we'll get into that. <laughs> but I don't I don't really know. I'm not part of the BTS army is it army? Girl. Please don't get offended if you're a BTS fan. Um so I don't really know if there's drama within the group. There's seven guys. So like, even if it's not shown, I'm sure that there is. There's got to be drama. And also they're being worked to the bone. I know. Because not only are they like mega stars in Korea, they're international. Like, I know, and they're we all huge. know about them. They're huge, they're huge internationally. Yeah. And they're like going all over. Every single country. They're probably flying on a flight every single day. Almost. Yeah. And they're dancing. It's not like they're just sitting around. Like they deserve a break. They deserve a break. But if it's not just a break, it's going to be a sad day. Yeah. I think they're like these, they're going to, at least some of them are going to find this taste of freedom that they haven't had for like however many years they've been together. Mm-hmm. A long time. And they're going to be like, I don't want to go back. I have enough money. Like they Got have it. so much money. Yep. Yeah. They do. <sighs> It's, I'm sorry, BTS stands. Um, we, we know what you're going through as One Direction. Yes. Girlies. Yeah. Speaking of One Direction girlies. Okay. So, Marley so, freaked out. <laughs> Wait, was that last week? So this happened, like, this Zane occurrence happened, like, literally right after we re-recorded, I think. Oh, I think it was yeah. Thursday morning, maybe, or Thursday sometime. Um, so yeah, because we, we looked at it on Saturday. We talked about Liam last episode. Um, Liam, we do not like him anymore. Zane <laughs> came back. Zane has come back. I mean, he's on Instagram, but like he he acknowledged One Direction in the year twenty twenty two for the first time since like ever since leaving. he broke up with yeah. them, right? I mean, maybe. And he goes. He does a run, a beautiful run. You and I. I mean, but that's what he's saying. Yeah. Um, he sang you and I, and I just, I just. Oh my gosh. It, it, like, I, I don't even have words. I don't even have words because this was such a nuanced move by him. Like, it wasn't nuanced, but it was at the same time because it's not, because it's not like, hey, Liam, like. I'm proud of him for not, like, clapping back at right. Liam. Right, I can Instead, see he's like, like listen to this voice. I. I am. Better than you. I am the lead member of One Direction. The lead member. <laughs> Simon built this band around me. Yeah. Who, Harry who? <laughs> That's what he said. Harry who? Well, there's a whole thing about, like, their two um, follower counts are Pretty much neck and neck, but Zane's, Zane's higher. higher. Yeah, Zane's has always been higher. Isn't that crazy? Which honestly surprises me. You think so? But also, okay, I don't... It's because of Gigi. I don't think I don't think it's all... Zane. I don't think it's all because of Gigi, but I think that a lot of it... Like, the reason why Harry and Harry is below Zane is because Zane and Gigi were such a power couple. So people who enjoy... Is like every, is, is it, maybe it's just in my world, but I feel like everybody knows Harry. If I mention no, Zane to people, they're like, who? Yeah. No, I know. No, I, I do agree, but I I don't know. I just see it as, like, Harry, like, maybe if Harry and Taylor had a relationship that was as long as Gigi and Zane's was. And had a baby. And, yeah, and had a baby mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Harry's would be higher, but I think it's because, like, Gigi stands all followed Zane. Right. And, like, kind of vice versa. And Gigi's, like, you know, an international, like, 
model. And right. models always get so many more followers. I don't know how Selena Gomez has so many followers. I just think that people that have different backgrounds, mm -hmm. they appeal to people all over the world. Okay, and easy. I could be wrong about this. Easy. But I remember being in Bahamas way, like, I did that mission trip, like, it, a freshman year of college. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my god. And, like, all the little kids, we were at the school, all the little kids were obsessed with One Direction. And I was like, me too. And, like, I bonded with them. And I was like, oh my god, who do you like? And none of them said a single one but Zane. They're like, Zane, it has to be Zane. Yeah. They're like, no one else was Zane. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, Zane is popular in, like, different countries. And yeah. nobody cares about Niall or Louie or, like, any of the white guys. No. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just a theory. Don't cancel me over that. It's just a theory. I mean, yeah. Well, I also think a lot of times, like, other countries don't see a lot of, you know, representation. Right. Of who they are. Mm -hmm. So seeing, like, Zane in a boy band of a bunch of white boys, they're like, I can do that. Like, right. I'm someone who's not a little white boy, mm -hmm. like, and I can be in a boy band. Because mm -hmm. before that, there weren't any bands that had, I mean, like, there was Boys to Men, like, you know, things mm -hmm. like that. But, like, this international yeah. Yeah. boy band, it's, it was it was in Sync and Backstreet Boys. Mm -hmm. And those two bands are... All white guys. All white guys. Mm -hmm. So, I, I agree with you on that because they get to see themselves in mm -hmm. someone who is so famous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we love Zane. I well, I'm still like we never really covered the whole part about like him, his altercation with Yolanda, who was in the wrong, probably oh, both of them, and everyone just seemed to forget that, and now we all love Zane. So I don't know like what he's done with his life, but we still support him over Liam. Yes, anyone. <laughs> Liam right. is just a jerk. Next on the docket is Post Malone is now a father and engaged and a fiance. Father and Bianchi. Bianchi. And this, he would drop this so casually. I, I watched a little clip of him on How, Howard Stern. I think it was released Monday. Um, it was just so casual. Mm -hmm. He was like, oh, yeah, before I leave, like, I, I kiss my baby girl. And Howard's like, oh, like, is that your girlfriend? What's going on? He's like, no, I have a daughter. <laughs> and he's like, so casual. And he's like, oh, okay, that's beautiful. And like... You know, and then he says another thing. He's like, oh, yeah, like, I spend all my time writing on, and I'm always on the toilet when I'm writing songs. Oh, my God, my brother was like that. Because he says it's like no one's going to disturb him. Yeah. Reed would always, like, he was always on the toilet, and that's yeah. when he made his best music. But go ahead. I love it. Um, But, yeah, and he's like, oh, yeah, like, my my girl, or, like, something that was, like, very, like, nuanced. Neutral, like, yeah. Neutral. Like, it, and, and then Howard's like, what do you mean, your girl? And he's like, oh, yeah, my fiancé. So he has a fiancé. And I'm just, I'm, I'm shook, honestly. And I don't know if if big Post Malone stands know all the details of, like, who she is. But, like, the fact that she's been kept out of the light mm -hmm. is kind of crazy to me. And, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, a lot of celebrities now, like, don't show their kids to the public, which is totally understandable. But just, like, their girlfriend and their wife. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. And, like, mm -hmm. TMZ didn't ever tell us. It, they told us over this Howard Stern interview. Yeah. I mean, I think we knew that his longtime girlfriend was pregnant, but I don't think we knew that mm -hmm. she was giving birth yet. Mm -hmm. And she was, at that time, a longtime girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. Well, 
Well, congrats to him. Congrats to him, daddy and fiance. He's turning 27 on January, not January, July 4th. I know his birthday is July 4th. He's a cancer. He's younger than we are? He, 1995. Overall. And he looks like, I mean, obviously he's done a lot with his life. He smokes a lot. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's like 40. He looks so aged in all the tattoos, but go off. Go off, your sis. Best life. Um, the next one is, it has come to our attention that the Marilyn dress, gasp, was damaged when Kim wore it at the Met Gala. But people are up in arms. And why is it coming out now and not like right I have after? a lot to say about this. Okay, go ahead. People are up in arms about Kim, okay? Mm-hmm. They allowed Kim to wear it. I don't think Kim was like, I'm going to wear the Marilyn dress. I think they were, they probably approached her and they said, for the, the Met Ripley's Gala, people? yeah, mm-hmm. for the Met Gala, wear the Marilyn dress. Give it another life. Like, do it, do what you want. I really want to know the conversation, I would, like how it all went Me about. too, but I really highly doubt that Kim reached out to Ripley's, believe it or not, right. and was like, I need to wear this dress. And... It, they could have said no if she did that, mm-hmm. but they allowed it. And are we really shocked that it got damaged? She wore it. They weren't the same size. You saw the video of them like hiking it up on her. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, yeah, she lost weight, but it doesn't matter. Like, anytime you wear a dress, it's going to get somewhat damaged, especially something that old. And like, it has little like you know. It's so old. It's it's so old and it's also and so. And the fabric is made anymore, and they're like people are like the fashion people are mad. I mean, they're like this this fabric isn't made anymore. There's no way we can like repair it. People <laughs> need to get a damn. I life. I kind of see both sides. No, I do see. Like, I know? mean, but but I mean, then if if they were if people were worried about it get damaged, getting damaged, she should have never worn it. That's what, that's my whole thing is Mm -hmm. like, these people are up in arms about it being damaged. You could tell on the red carpet it was going to be damaged. But how was it like, it was frayed. Like, how was she fraying it? She wore it for like three minutes on the carpet. I don't know. It looked like, I mean, I understand like the, like with the back, like she's, uh, you know, she's a little bit bigger than the dress and it didn't exactly fit her and that's okay. But like, how was it like, I don't know. There was just like, the rhinestones were off. I don't know. I don't, like, I really, I'm not going to blame anyone in this because it is what it is. I know. And don't I, blame Kim. And there's, there's part of me that's like. Leave Kim alone. Well, I <laughs> mean, kidding. Kim is part of history. Like, she's one of the most iconic people. And yeah. Marilyn is the one, we talked about this during the, the Met Gala. And, like, she's adding to the history. Mm-hmm. But she is damaging the dress along with it. But, like, when it's hung up in a museum now, it's like Kim wore that and Marilyn wore that. And maybe it's a little damaged, but it's because of Kim's booty. Yeah. Her booty. <laughs> and that's showing the progression of women's booties. <laughs> so, hats off to Kim. Mm. But also, more importantly, the museum should have not let it happen. Yeah. Like, that. that's my... That's, that's where I am like, people can't be mad at Kim. Because, like, who wouldn't take the opportunity to wear that, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't well, know. Well, I mean, there was a whole thing about, like... Her, like, the way she went about losing weight for it. Yeah, no, I mean, like, we'll not get into that. So, next one. (laughs) All right, all right. So, last topic. I just found this out, and this is actually kind of dated, because this came out, like, 
end of May, but I just found I haven't been watching Love Island. UK. I haven't either. This is really good news. I I I'm excited. I am so so I haven't been watching it because like I don't know how to watch it without a VPN. Um, but VPNs, if you want to sponsor us, welcome to. Um, Love Island is now it always has a fashion sponsor. This year, it's the first non-fast fashion brand they are sponsored by ebay uk and everybody is wearing secondhand clothes i love that and they're fashionable they look i mean do they look good i don't know but like they're they're keeping up with the trends yeah i love that i'm gonna watch it when it comes Mm -hmm. out on hulu supposedly it comes out every five episodes on hulu okay well, I mean, it's just like historically, like they've always been pushing these fast fashion brands. And I've been saying, I'm on fast fashion TikTok now. And like, I'm like, girl, it is. Well, have you heard about the Shein yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're saying, I like, said something, help me in the I tags. Said, I said something to you about that and you didn't respond. I know, I forgot to. I remember like seeing. And it. I have dental pain. I know. Did you see that? That's heartbreaking. And like, help me. I know. Yeah. It it's makes really me sad. want to cry. Yeah. Um, so we are all for slow fashion. We're all for second hand. We're all for like just going in your closet and using the stuff you have. So we're very, very excited. And it's a great step in the right direction for Love Island UK. Anyone can change. Anyone can change. Yeah. I love that. Well, that's our season finale. That's our season finale. Do you want to say something that you've learned I'm about like- me? Oh, about I'm you? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm not going to put you on the spot like that. I don't know. You've gotten, like, I've said this before, but you've gotten, like, so much more comfortable with astrology, and it's really cool to see. Aww. So what do you love about me? Oh, what I love about you or, or what I've learned about you? What you've you. learned about me? I have learned that you have such, like, a passion, and, like, no matter what, if you're passionate about it, you're going to, like, do it. And you're going to, like, get it done. Which is part of manifesting, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Do what you want. Do what you love. And don't do anything else. And do it with your Except best friend. Except pay your taxes. Yeah. And do it with your best friend. Do it with your best friend. I love you. Hand hug. We're hand hugging. I'm, my hands are clammy. Happy Gemini season. Happy Gemini season and happy Cancer season if you're, or happy any season if you're listening at any moment in time. Yeah. And we'll be back for the end of Cancer season and yeah. we'll talk about it. Yeah. I can't wait. Oh, Love you, Marley. I love you, Brenna, and I love you, listeners. Love you, listeners. And when you look up at the stars. Think of us. Bye.